Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Word association, Dirty Curdy, first thing that comes to mind. He changed the league, am I wrong? God, I hate Tom Brady. He's talented, but yeah. You just won't call him the goat, will you? We should have called ourselves the Hashtag Tits Podcast. A thousand downloads a day, guaranteed. Dude, it is talking sports. I love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is he the best running back you've ever seen? If he's not, then who is? Who do you put at number one, bro? There will be a Detroit Pistons Bad Boys episode one day. And you love that two-year run, don't you? No, I do. You can get a hot bat anywhere. You build around your pitching, or at least I do if I'm in charge. Pitching and defense wins your World Series, hands down. I came out of the closet <laughs> as a Lakers fan. Whoa, bro, scared me there for a second. Ah, uh, sure bet, sure bet. <laughs> there will be an increase of boxing talk on this show. I love boxing. I'm down for that anytime. Our few non-sports episodes have been pretty well received. We do good things by running a two-fold podcast. Please put Pete Rose in the damn Hall of Fame. Charlie Hustle, the all-time hits leader. It's political bullshit. And if he ever sees the Hall of Fame, he'll be after he's no longer with us. I miss the NBA I grew up on in the 90s and the early 2000s. The game isn't the same, but these kids can play. We're starting to talk more hockey, and that's, you know, that's that's never a bad thing. Puck the world, puck it all. Puck the world, Kurt (laughs) says. I promise you, I can work a pro wrestling reference into every episode. Want to see me do it? Weird flex, but okay. I can't believe, uh, seriously, in all seriousness, I can't believe we've been doing this show a year now. I can't believe people still listen after a year, you know. You have the perfect face for radio. Oh, cut me deep, son. Cut me deep. He exploded a bird with a fastball. I seen it happen. Randy Johnson, the big unit. The the big unit. So, uh, you know, I I got a little soccer news for you. Now, let me stop you right there. That's a no for me. We don't talk soccer on this show. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Let me ask you, though. Does Kobe win three in a row without Shaq on the Lakers? What do you think? Boy, that's that's, uh, pretty tough. All right. Well, look at it this way. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Without question. And he's still so young. Lots of knowledge left in that kid. All right, guys. Enjoy the next episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Jared Atkins alongside his homie, Kurt Kelly. What up? What up? How's work? Oh, too bad. I drove too past bad. there today. Did you? Oh, yeah. Should have stopped in and said hey. Should have stopped in and said hey, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, got some sports stuff to talk about and we got some uh, podcast business to talk about. We got some good news. Uh, what I'm interested in the 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 oh what was the word of the day I said salacious salacious yes. we got some salacious Steelers news for you yes that's the word of the day salacious salacious uh right we got some podcast news yes first so uh 
did I tell you what happened today? Did I tell you? Did I text you and tell you this? Uh, I didn't. I don't think so. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at our statistics. Yeah. And uh, we launched what in we, May of last year. What were we batting? Well, we, we launched May 2021. We had 49 downloads. Okay. June of 2021, the next month, we had 107 downloads, which okay. equates to that new car smell, you know, where it's a new podcast. Everybody checks it out. Right. And since then, if I look at the pie graph, we're literally a roller coaster. We have up months, down months. Coming off last month, June uh, June last month, we had 34 downloads, our worst statistical month ever, but we only put out one or two episodes. So we were really busy right. last month. Right. Uh, and then looking at July, and we still have, you know, four days left. Uh, so right. far in the month of July, we've hit 143 downloads. So we've crushed our all-time record. <clears throat> Sweet. And then if I go and look at the month of July starting and – Hold on, hold on to your panties, Gertrude. So, Thursday of of uh, last week, we had twenty four downloads. I'm not wearing any. You're joking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I always hit the wrong one. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday we had twenty four downloads. Monday we had twenty downloads, and yet today. The 27th of July, we had 35 downloads. Cool. We are up 393% from three months ago. Somebody's paying attention. Somebody has come through and told some people, and we've had a massive catalog download um, or something. But, yeah, we've just crushed our uh, – we're doing pretty good. Yeah, we are at the point now where we could start getting ads put in on the podcast from Podbean, which will equal uh, monetization for me and you, which basically equals me and you splitting money that we get paid for the podcast. So it won't be a super bit, uh, a super amount of money, but we're to the point now where they're going to start looking at us and placing ads in on our podcast, which uh, will pay us some money every month. So, uh, We've busted. We've busted our ass. I've done a lot on the business side. Yes, uh, for sure. So we've got there, and we are finally on uh, Apple Podcast, iTunes. We finally got launched on there today after a year and a half, which is probably the biggest channel we need to be on, besides right. Spotify. So right. that's gonna put our content out there with a whole lot more people. So uh, we got good news all around. So I mean, it's taken yeah. some time. We've busted our ass with it, but uh, here we are. Well, I mean, it's something we. We, you know, we, in the beginning we said, well, if we could just get to this point. Yeah, know, I said I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I'm not saying we're going to keep up with 100 downloads a month, but well, uh, if you, if you look at last year's numbers, like I said, we launched in May and last year compared to this month. Uh, we've only had two months with 100 downloads. We average no more usually than 75, no less than 34 because uh, that's right. our lowest. But if we could still hit 75 a month, and then now with this increased, I believe this catalog download, this massive download over the last week or two, has got to be somebody coming through, checking out the catalog, telling somebody else about it because they like hearing yes. two idiots talk. Right. So yeah. if we can keep that up, uh, we'll get we'll get some money out of the podcast. That'll be something cool for once. That would be cool. Yeah. 
But uh, all right, let's uh, enough business. You want to do it one of their uh, meat and taters? Yeah, let's get into the meat and taters. Uh, you like callbacks to things we've talked about in previous episodes, right? Right. Uh, you remember us talking about Nate Diaz as been complaining and running his mouth yes, that he wants yes. a ufc fight and dana white's yep. not giving him one because he's not showing yeah. anything right nate diaz is going to step into the octagon again all right they're trying to set a fight for september against uh god i can never pronounce his last name Ky, uh kai maven Kaimaviv. it's uh yeah he's the uh he's the bearded uh yeah, yeah. Everybody, because I haven't watched the UFC. What is his name? Uh, Khabib? No, no, that's no, not Khabib. Okay, it's no, Khabib's okay. friend. It's the other guy. Okay, okay, okay. I can't. Kamzat, uh, Kaimaviv. I can't ever pronounce it. But I haven't watched a single UFC bout this year, so I've not really been a good UFC fan in 2022. But uh, this guy's, uh, I don't think it's anybody you want to step in the octagon with. And Diaz has been running that mouth pretty good. And. Dana White's finally had enough of it, so <laughs> here you go, buddy. He's he gonna always has run his mouth. Yeah, this should be yeah. this should be a welterweight division fight, so they should be fighting at 170 pounds. I think. You know what everybody's wanting to see, though, right? What's you that? Patty the Batty. Oh, Patty! You know, I almost put Patty News in there, but I didn't. I should have. They want to end fight McGregor. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Are they? I don't know. Are they going to fight? It, Have it's you watched any, Patty. Do you I, watch any of his fights? I've seen clips on YouTube of Patty. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's He's pretty good. Um, this fight, they're they're tentatively looking to schedule this fight for September. Contracts have not been signed yet. Dana White held a press <laughs> conference earlier today. We'll see what happens. But so uh, finally had enough of Nate, huh? Yeah. Diaz's opponent uh, said in a press conference earlier this week he's going to handle Diaz's funeral for the UFC. <laughs> so, hey, yeah, I love I love smack talk. Oh, I do too. Uh, what's the one thing that gets me super excited when we do the podcast when, I, when we talk about boxing, right? Yeah. What's the one thing that gets me super excited about boxing? Women's uh, boxing, right? Yes. Got some huge women boxing news. Okay. So, Ramallah Ali, no yeah. relation to Muhammad. Right. But she's going to be stepping into the ring next month, making history. She's going to take on Crystal Garcia Nova. And the reason this is big is because it's going on the undercard of uh, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, which I've told you is like the third fourth biggest fight of the year. it's probably the third biggest fight of the year there you go. and and the reason this is even more funny is uh we talk about that saudi blood money it's going down at the uh kingdom of Jeddah in saudi arabia and they're typically that country is uh pretty um conservative with their women uh right. wwe shout out me i always get a pro wrestling reference in on every episode right <laughs> Uh, right. WWE went and had their Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in February over in Saudi Arabia. I watched it here with the kids. And the rules in that country is so strict that the female talent who usually, you know, bear their stomachs and their arms, they had to be completely wrapped up in long sleeve and 
long pant leg body suits. So I'm wondering how the ladies in the ring, if they're going to be in body suits boxing as well. I don't know. But uh, it's just it's just kind of funny to me. That's going to be on the undercard of the uh, Yusuk Joshua fight, which is uh, something I will uh, do more in depth of as we get closer to August 20th, or I might do a recap on it. Right. But uh, it's just important because Ali started the Somali Boxing Federation, and she became the first Muslim to win a national championship in Britain uh, and the first Somali woman to fight at the Amateur World Championships and represent Somali in boxing at the Olympics. So it's pretty big news. It's history-making, and we always like history-making stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It sounds like boxing in a hole is making, trying to make a comeback. I know. Like we, we have covered so much boxing information, and we've got some feedback about that too. I'm starting, you know, with these increased downloads and increased traffic across social media, we're starting to get people that are actually feeding into the podcast and giving feedback. And one of the things we're getting is they like when I either on when I do the mini shoots by myself or when you're with me, they like they want more boxing content. So more boxing. So we're going to have to do a just a solo boxing episode coming up. Right. All right. Uh, But. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and skip to skip to the salacious news. Yes. So I texted Kurt this evening earlier. <laughs> and I said, "Got some Steelers news for you." And what did you say to me? I said, "Yeah, they got a running back." And I said, "Nope, it's it's better than that." I said, "It's salacious." Salacious, yes. That's our word of the day that we give on every episode. Yes, salacious. So I lay it on me. So this is your franchise. This is your baby. Yeah. Cameron Hayward. Yeah. Took a cheap shot. He's a little bit pissed off at your uh, retired future Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So here here, here yeah. we go. Let's roll with it. Yeah. So Roethlisberger, I guess, has did a recent interview that was published uh, Friday in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette talking about a lot of the current players in the league have a me-type first attitude. Um, Cameron Hayward came out and said uh, Roethlisberger's comments kind of rubbed him the wrong way. Said people have changed, the game has changed. Uh, Roethlisberger would say that the team, quote, the team was so important, it was all about the team, now it's all about me, this, that, and the other. I might be standing on a soapbox, but that's my biggest takeaway when I started to the end. I turned from a team first to a me type attitude, and that's hard. It's hard for these young guys too. Social media. He said they're treated so well in college. Now with all this new stuff, they're treated so special. They're coddled from a young age because college coaches never coach them the correct way, I guess, which basically means uh, it ain't no old school boot in the ass type thing. Right. So Hayward's a little upset. I don't know where that would rub him wrong, though. I mean. Uh, <laughs> well. I guess. So. <clears throat> Hayward's from old school, too, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Hayward was teamed with Roethlisberger from 2011 to last season. Hayward's got a podcast. Okay. So on his, on a recent episode of the Not Just Football with Cam Hayward podcast, he uh, let it be known Roethlisberger's comments upset him a little bit. He said it looks as though we've looked at as selfish players, and I don't think that's the point. 
We have a lot of young players that come from different backgrounds, have experienced different things from what others or I may have experienced. That doesn't make them selfish or a me-type attitude. There are a lot more team-first guys than me-type attitude. I took serious offense to that. Hmm. Well. well, and Hayward is a team captain this year. Right. And he's part of that. I mean, he might be 33, but, I mean, he's uh, – you know, guys like him, Tyson Alahu, uh, Brett Kiesel, these are all, you know, like positive impact on the right, locker room right. type guys. Right. Uh, Hayward, would, he just would go on and talk about it. He's uh, he's not very happy with that. He's <laughs> let it be known. What's uh, your take on it? On Roethlisberger's comments? Yeah. I mean – I know Probably some of the guys on the team are going to take offense to what he said, but he's kind of right. I mean, it's uh, it's 2022. Everything's gone politically correct. Everything's cancel culture now. Everything's everybody's got to be coddled. There's me. There's particip- participation trophies. There's uh, but yeah, we live in it. We we now live. I mean, I know what it's like for me being born in 87, growing up in the 90s. I can't imagine what it's like for you and Pops. You know, you guys born in the late 60s, early 70s, and the, the changes you guys seen. But we live in an overly sensitive, dominated oh, society yeah. right now. And, like, yes. I mean, that's just me. I don't think. Everybody's walking on eggshells. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I don't think Ben said anything out of line. He's just telling the truth. It's The game has went a little softer. Uh, did you see any training camp photos or anything? Since no. we are we are in training camp now, training camp started right, this right, week. Right, I haven't seen anything yet. No, you so you haven't seen the pads, and I don't mean shoulder pads. You haven't seen the pads on the helmets for training camp. Yes, yes, yes. I have seen a clip. Of like yeah. CTE, you know, chronic yeah. traumatic encephalopathy, you know, concussion syndrome, and everything. Like that's that's serious stuff, but. When I see a game that I've never seen guys wear pads on their helmets before, now they're wearing these great big rubber foam pads over their helmets for yeah. practice. They, it literally looks like a clown wig, yeah, what like a foam crown wig. Yeah, when I see, but a little bit I seen, it, I was laughing. You know, I was like, "What is that?" I mean, I get it. The game's got to be taken safer. Uh, you know, we look back to what happened with Junior Seau several years ago. I mean, he had such bad. CTE, we didn't know it at the time. When he committed suicide, he shot his chest, and his suicide note said that he did that just so they could examine the trauma on his brain from football. Like, I get it. That's pretty deep. There, yeah. But, yeah. I love uh, And I love Junior time, Seau, too. But at the same time, it's a contact sport. Uh, I mean, these guys know what they're getting into. We're a couple injuries away from flag football being played professionally. Yeah, it, it, yeah I agree. I agree. <laughs> That's my agree, yeah. wait, wait. Hot take. Yeah, hot take, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, I, get, I get it though. I get it too, but uh, well, at the same time, it's a full contact sport, the gladiator sport. I mean, and it's and, changed so much. Like the game's moving faster now. These yeah, guys, absolutely. I and I hate to say it, these 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 younger talent. Ever since. I was in high school, and ever since I graduated in 2006, every year the talent gets more. These guys are far better athletes oh, yeah. than the guys that played in the 70s and the 80s. They're and bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. I mean, 
but I mean, you got to keep guys crazy. safe. But to me, football is a it's a violent sport. It's it's That's football. It's con- it's a contact co- full throttle. There you go. It's a full throttle sport, and you best have your big boy panties on. But then I get it too. That the only injuries are you know this goes back several years. I mean, we're going back throughout the league in reverse. I mean, think of all the the just the junior sale instances that haven't been brought up. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of. Them. Well, what about your uh, what about your guy, your all-time Steelers offensive lineman, Mike Webster? Webster. We talked go. about yeah. that in our Steelers episode. That's available in our archives on Podbean for all our listeners out there. The top ten Steelers of all time, one of our uh, top five most downloaded episodes ever. That was a cheap plug there, but uh, Mike Webster, what he went through. Yeah, and he died I mean, broke and alone and. Uh, yeah. Basically, with Alzheimer's, dementia, and a lot of head trauma, and four Super Bowl rings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, back then it wasn't as many rules implemented. I mean, you watch some old school football; it's pretty crazy. The stuff that you know that went on then that don't go on now. We could. uh make a full length episode out of that. That's on our episode list of things we could potentially cover one day is football and CTE. Yeah. That, that'd be good. That'd be a good show. I think. Well, let's, let's, uh, unless you got anything else, let's move on a little bit. Let's, let's move on. Uh, I got a little bit of uh release news from the NFL just because this, I liked watching this guy play. It's nothing major, but, uh, the 49ers re- released defensive end D Ford this week. Uh, who's uh, he had played in just 18 games for the 49ers. They they took him in a trade with Kansas City in March of 2019. So in three seasons, he's played 18 games. Now, when this trade went down, the 49ers gave up a second-round draft pick to the Chiefs, and he they signed him to a five-year, $85 million contract. And his production... Even though he's only played 18 games, he ends his 49ers career with nine and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, and 22 tackles. It's not the kind of stats that right. that are reserved for 85 million dollars a year, right? Or 85 million dollars over five years. Um, I still say you got to perform to pay, get paid. Man. And I and I liked watching I liked watching uh, Ford play. He I mean he's a he's a Pro Bowler. Right. Uh, he's played in the postseason. Um, he was Pro Bowl 2018, but uh, anyway, I just thought I'd that put that in there. Okay, right on. Uh, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get a crack up out of this, and you're gonna you're gonna say no, but I'm gonna pull rank. All right. What's the one thing we never talk about on this show? Politics. No, well, no. Besides that, sports wise, what's the one sport we never oh. talk about? Soccer. Soccer. If there's some soccer news, there there is one out. small paragraph of soccer <laughs> oh, news because oh, oh boy. I, I I all right I got bear down. We always crack up about that. I always say soccer is <laughs> not a real sport. It just that's the one thing we never talk about. But yeah, she it's it it for no scoring. <laughs> Ninety minutes zero zero. <laughs> what a game. But I'm putting this in here because it's one of the top five soccer players over the last decade, and one of the biggest stars in the world, and that's Neymar. Neymar, however you want to say it. I always say Neymar. Some people say Neymar. 
So he's playing for uh, Barcelona. Well, there's some there's some major hoodoo doo doo going down here. So Neymar, Barcelona, and Santos are set to go to trial on October 17th on fraud and corruption charges over the transfer the excuse me the transfer of Neymar to Barcelona in 2013. The Brazilian investment group uh, DIS said in a statement on Wednesday that this was that they were going to be going to court on this. Uh, Neymar's father, mother, and the family company in and in have been charged in the case along with former Santos manager uh, and then president and vice presidents of the Barcelona Football Club, respectively. The case stems from a complaint which owed part of Neymar's transfer rights and alleges that it received less money than it was entitled to when the trade went down in 2013. So here we are. You're bringing stuff to court that went down, what, 10 years ago? Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, but investigations are being carried out right now by Spain and Brazil into whether any part of the transfer fee had been concealed and hidden. Oh. Uh, Neymar, of course, like most athletes, whether he's guilty or innocent, has done the the, the throw up the hands. I had no knowledge <laughs> right. of this. It, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Any athlete, when everything, whether they did have knowledge, they didn't. They throw up the hands. I didn't do. I don't know. Talk to yeah. talk to the people that managed me. Talk to the people that handle like. But I had to put this in uh, just because, I mean, we never talk soccer, but right. this was just uh, anything about fraud and going to trial is, uh, is <laughs> yeah, good maybe. stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, well. Somehow I still don't like soccer. Yeah, I know. Right. So I texted Adam Sweet today. Oh, yeah? And uh, let me look at my phone here. Uh, yeah. So we were. I told him uh, he was he was texting me earlier when I was doing research, just formatting the tonight's mini episode. And I said we're podcasting the tonight at eight, going to be talking some live golf. And he said all about that money. And then he uh, he said, "Do you want to hear a crazy stat about live money?" Now I haven't fact checked this, but Adam keeps his stuff pretty tight. So right. I imagine if it's not completely true, it's pretty close to true. And Adam, before I get before I get into what's going on with Live Golf, this is what Adam said: Tiger's uh, career PGA earnings, nothing with the sponsorships or side hustle, just money he's made with the career, equates about to 120 million dollars. Well, Mickelson, when Mickelson signed a contract with Live Golf for eight tournaments this year and ten next year, that's 200 million dollars for two years. Dustin Johnson signed for like 125 million. So those two guys, DJ and Phil Mickelson, are set to make more money in two years than Tiger ever did his whole time on tour. Wow. There's some of that salty blood money, baby. Yeah, I hear that. So the, the news with Live Golf, what I want to get into here, is they're expanding their series to 14 tournaments on the 2023 schedule next year with 48 players competing on 12 established team franchises for an unprecedented $405 million in purses from the Live Golf League. <clears throat> wow. 400 Do I have the cash register still? No. Um, I don't have the cash register. I've got the... Uh, ching, ching, ching. Yeah, I've, there, there is an option on the sound pad, but I put the sad trombone in because you love the sad trombone. <laughs> I do like that, yeah. Uh Live Golf debuted with eight tournaments <clears throat> the, in the Invitational Series this year. 
said there'd be an increase of $150 million in purchase, uh, purses for next year. The players are competing for $255 million over the eight events this year. The dates and sites of the 14 events for next year were not announced, but the organization said in a news release today that, quote, it is expected to expand Live Golf's global footprint across North and Latin Americas, Asia, Australia, the Middle East, and Europe. They made sure to announce that the events in 2023 wouldn't conflict with the four majors, international team events, or heritage tournaments. So the best players in the game will always be able to make their own choices about where they play. Well, where the money is at. Um, let me see here. Uh, CEO and Commissioner Greg Norman said in a statement, our franchise model will bring a new energy and excitement to fans from all corners of the world, establishing a league of teams to connect and grow with. End quote. Live Golf has been lured by several former major, has lured several former major champions to its new circuit, which is being funded by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund with guaranteed contracts reportedly worth between $100 and $200 million. Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, Sergio Garcia, Brooks Kepka, and Patrick Reed have all signed multi-year deals. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan suspended more than two dozen players for competing in live golf events without conflicting event releases and had a handful of players, including Sergio Garcia and Reed, have then since properly resigned from the PGA Tour. Now, why this is fun is uh, just because uh, to throw a little Donald Trump in here at you. They'll hold okay. its second event in the United States this week at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster in New Jersey. So, mm. that's interesting. Uh, the bulls are going to go follow the money. Be my guess. Could this potentially could think about PGA, this yeah. in golf? It's the PGA, and that's it. Right. They've had a monopoly on professional yes. golf. Yes. Could this potentially steal some thunder, or has it already, from I the PGA Tour? Has. I think it already has. With the name you just mentioned there. And those are some big names. Yes, absolutely. Everybody knows who Phil Michaels is. And, see, and they're doing this so smart, too. With that Saudi-backed blood money, baby. I love saying blood money. That Saudi-backed blood money because they're not conflicting with the four majors. So you guys can go play in this other league and then uh, uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just come out and play in four majors for the PGA. And Can you imagine if that happens and one of these guys that's signed to play for Live Golf now comes in and wins the major? Can you imagine how pissed the PGA Tour would be? Well, yeah, well, they're already mad. They're already angry, upset. That would be like uh, DEFCON yeah. level five shit. Yeah. That'd be old poking the nest again. <sighs> okay. Um, uh, got a little baseball news. Right. For starters, the trade deadline goes down August 2nd, which I think is Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Goes down at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the trade deadline. So this will be an interesting week. We'll definitely have plenty of news to start covering, especially when we get together this weekend and record our World Series episode, which I plan to start on the notes tonight while I'm editing this. Uh, but uh, got a little bit of baseball. Uh, Mike Trout 
Los Angeles Angels is yeah. apparently dealing with a rare condition in his back that will likely have to manage throughout the rest of his career, according to uh, his athletic trainer. Trout was placed on the injured list on July 18th with rib cage inflammation, which is creating pain in his back. But the Angels expect the three-time MVP to return quickly. Uh, Mike Frostad, the trainer, told reporters, however, that the Angels are now concerned because Trout has been diagnosed with a sostoverbal dysfunction. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. In his T5 vertebrae. Sistovertebral dysfunction. I don't think I said that right. There ain't a whole lot of words I can't pronounce. You know it? Right. This don't sound good, though, for... Well, let me let me tell you a little bit more about it. This is a pretty rare condition that he has in his back right now. The doctor, who is one of the most well-known spine surgeons in the country, if not the world, doesn't see a lot of these. And for it to happen in a baseball player, we just have to take into consideration what he puts himself through when he's hitting, swinging on a daily basis, or just diving for balls. Uh, there's so many things can aggravate it, but the doctor hasn't seen a lot of it, said, quote, by the trainer. Trout got a cortisone, inject, a cortisone injection in his back last week, but he has yet to resume activities as of today. He's a 10-time All-Star. Uh, he's, let, he's let everybody know that he's feeling more upbeat, but he's, uh, he's acknowledged that this could be something that he deals with for the rest of his career. Well, now, that brings up, is Mike Trout done? You think he possibly be? I don't. I don't know. He's uh he's scheduled for a follow up appointment with his doctor next week, and uh, Angels athletic trainer Frostead said the Angels have not yet reached a point where they must decide whether to shut him down for the rest of the season or not. Trout is the second highest paid player in the game right now, averaging about thirty eight million dollars a year, and he has not spoken to reporters since the All Star game last week. So here's the deal: do you do you shut him down, Kurt? I, Back injury is as serious in any sport, yeah. but especially baseball. What, what about the money side of it then? I mean, he's still going to get paid. These are guaranteed. Baseball is the worst one of all the contracts of the big I, four. I mean, he's he's getting yeah, paid. I don't, the only, I don't shave down there. He's gotta, he's still getting paid, but the the team's like, what the you know? They're paying for a guy that they're not using, right? I mean, and those things say, happen, right? Well, it's, man, I don't know. It'd be tough there. I, I, it don't sound good, though. I mean, as far as Trout goes, I mean, this could be the beginning of the end. Right now, Trout's been enjoying a, a, a kind of a comeback season after the he had a calf injury last year that he just played 36 games. Uh, right now, he's batting 270 with 24 homers and 51 RBIs in his first 79 games while providing. Uh, a bright spot for the team. The Angels have not right. been that good this year. Right. Um, and I, I knew you were... franchise player, right? I, what do you do? You shut it down? At this rate, well, I'll tell you what. Let me look, let me look at one thing real quick, and I'll tell you what I do. I'm going to pull up the standings for Major League Baseball right now. Okay, okay. And in the American League West... As of right now, the Los Angeles Angels, the Anaheim Angels, are 42 and 56. They are in 
uh, fourth place out of five teams in the AL West. At this point, you're not probably looking at postseason contention. Right. I mean, I I doubt it. You know, you, baseball's right, right. the one sport where anything can change. Right. But sitting at 42 and 56, and you're at a uh, 429 average, I doubt it. So, in my opinion, uh, even though he might be dealing with this for the rest of his career, I think you I think you shut him down for him, yeah. shut him down for the year. Let him heal up a little bit. And let him take yeah. this entire time to to go out and and swing. I don't know. See how that he's going to accommodate to this. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, that that's what would be a good mover. And while I have the standings up, uh, let's look at some things. All right. The worst team in Major League Baseball right now. Let's see who we got here. Thirty-eight. Thirty-four. 37. No, the worst team in Major League Baseball right now is in the basement of my division, the NL East, and that is the Washington Nationals sitting at 34 and 66. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And matter of fact, why don't I go ahead? I'll go ahead and read the best and worst team in each division. Okay. Okay. Uh, leading the NL East is the New York Mets right now with a 60 and 37 record. Wow. Um, The NL Central, for all you Reds, Cubs, and Cardinals fans, the Brewers are sitting on top at 55 (laughs) and 44. And the Cincinnati Reds are in the basement of the NL Central at 37 and 59. And then sitting on top, sitting on top, of the NL West with the second best record in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers at 65 and 32 with a plus 70, 179 differential. The basement of the NL West, the Colorado Rockies at 45 and 54. The AL East sitting on top with the best record in all of baseball. Is the New York Yankees at sixty six and thirty two? The bottom of the AL East, the Boston Red Sox, sitting at an even five hundred forty nine and forty nine. The AL Central, the Minnesota Twins, set it on top at fifty two and forty six. The Kansas City Royals are in the basement of the AL Central at thirty nine and fifty nine. And then in the AL West, the Oakland Athletics in the bottom at 38 and 63. And the Houston Astros on top at 64 and 35. Now, I will say, looking at these stats right here, the AL East is uh, slightly competitive right now. The Toronto Blue Jays are in uh, second place, 54 and 43. And the Tampa Bay Rays are at 52 and 45. Now, right now, it looks like the longest winning streak in baseball belongs to the Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay to the Toronto Blue Jays, winners of their last seven. And the longest losing streak in baseball right now stands with. Uh, 
The San Francisco Giants, who have lost seven Ooh. games straight. Ooh. Ooh. The Dodgers got the guy done sweeping them, I think. But, yeah, so so going to, to all that, I shut Mike Trout down for the year. That's, that makes sense there, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let him rest, heal it up a little bit, and start fresh see what happens. That's a lot of money, though. Yeah. It is a lot a of lot money. Of, it is a lot of money, yeah. That's a lot of scrap. Hey, you got to buy your Mega Millions ticket. It's up to oh, yeah. like a billion dollars now or something. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be buying one. I haven't bought the first ever. Can you ever. imagine what kind of studio we could have if you won a billion dollars? Yeah. Yeah? yeah it'd, be, it'd be lavish. <laughs> I don't know. No, it'd probably be still pretty simple, you know? Yeah. Effective but simple. Keep it simple, stupid. There you go. Kurt? Yes? Pete Rose. Hall of Famer. Why? Why not? My beloved Philadelphia Phillies have yeah. welcomed Pete Rose back to Citizens Bank Park for the first time since he received a lifetime ban in 1989. Really? Rose is scheduled to attend a celebration of the 1980 World Series champions held on August 7th. The Phillies issued a statement regarding Rose participating in the ceremony saying, quote, in planning the 1980s reunion, we consulted with Pete's team about his inclusion. The statement read, Everyone wants Pete to be part of the festivities since there would be no trophy in 1980 without Pete Rose. In addition, the club received permission from the commissioner's office to invite Pete as a member of the championship team. End quote. <laughs> well, but there's, but there's more. Before you, before okay. you go, there's more. Uh, it would be more reasonable to invite Pete Rose if the only issue was his lifetime ban for getting for betting on baseball says this article I, I borrowed this from on ESPN with Major League Baseball and all major sports embracing gambling that infraction nowadays isn't basically nothing you know like right right uh, however yeah. the invitation is getting backlash for a whole nother reason and that's okay. because a woman came out in federal court in 2017 and said that Pete Rose began a sexual relationship with her when she was 14 years old. Well, oh, that boy. caused the Phillies to cancel plans to induct them into their wall of fame in light of the accusations. However, a team spokesman has said that they've invited him to this event because they're celebrating the team rather than Rose's appearance. So, okay. I mean, it's... Well put, I guess. We're going to yeah. have to do that 1980s World Series sometime. Uh, good World Series. Good World Series. You'd have been about nine? Yes. Yep. Tim McGraw's and dad, I, Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw, yes. Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton was on that team. Yes, he was. Um, who did Who did they play? That was the uh, – was it the Car- – it wasn't the Cardinals, was it? No, that's Cardinals or NL. Uh, the Royals. That's right, Kansas City. Why the fuck did I say Carl's? Uh, yeah, it was the Royals. Yeah, it was, it was Kansas City. Yep. Because it, they made it back again in 85 against the Cardinals. That's why I said Cardinals. That's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, good for good for Major League Baseball. Good for Pete Rose. I agree. It's about fucking time. 
There you go. There you go. Hey, yeah. hey. Yeah. Is it silly? Come on, man. This guy's a hit leader. I just, uh, wild, blows my mind. Um, I got a little bit of, uh, Canadian national women's hockey team news. Okay. So, okay, so there's been some things going on, and I and I haven't kept my ear to this near as much as I should. That's my job, bad bad as a podcaster. But there's some stuff going on with some sexual allegations against the men's Canadian hockey teams. Well, the women, uh, they released an open letter to Hockey Canada on Monday, basically talking about how. Uh, you know, they'll be part of the fight to find the truth in, in this ongoing investigation. Uh, I guess this, this travels back to uh, news broke back in the spring that a woman was accusing eight members of Canada's 2018 junior team of sexually assaulting her after this big uh, fundraiser gala ball thing in Ontario, Canada. She was seeking like $3.5 million in damages from Hockey Canada, the Canadian Hockey League, and unnamed players. Details of the settlement were not made public. None of the allegations were proved in court. Well, after the NHL and the NHL Players Association began working on the framework for their own investigation, Hockey Canada announced it was reopening of a third-party investigation into this alleged assault. Police in Ontario, Canada said that they have uh, reopened the investigation into the 2018 assault cases. And Hockey Canada said that Friday it was made aware of more alleged group sexual assault involving members of its 2002 and 2003 national junior teams. So this is an ongoing story. Uh, former NHL players and current NHL players have released statements uh, about both cases, declaring their innocence and offering encouragement as far as the investigation goes. Uh, Hockey Canada come out and would release a six-point action plan on Monday on how to address the toxic behavior that exists in the corners of the game, end quote. Um, Hockey Canada would say, uh, a spokesman for Hockey Canada would say, we feel it is important to have women sitting at the table as this process evolves, and we urge you to include representatives from our group so that we can be informed and involved, they wrote. End quote. Uh so so there you go. Huh. Dang, it just touches every sport, doesn't it? Seems like it, here lately it it certainly is, isn't it? Yeah, keep your thing in your pants, folks. There we Good go. Night. Words from words of wisdom from Kurt Kelly. Keep your thing in your pants. <laughs> uh I got something Tennessee. Because we we've been throwing in a little bit of tennis here or there. Right. Okay. This one I just put in because it's kind of funny. So, Dutch, you know the Dutch. Yeah. Dutch tennis coach Max Winders has been banned from the sport of tennis for 12 years for match fixing, according to the International Tennis Integrity Agency. The ITIA. Boy, isn't that a funny abbreviation. (laughs) He he admitted Uh, to multiple match-fixing charges, and he also admitted to destroying evidence and failure to report a corrupt approach. 
One of the charges against him came under the rule that forbids people involved with tennis to directly or indirectly facilitate any player to not use his or her best efforts in any event. So they find him uh, like $12,000 and banned him, and he is not allowed to attend any tennis tournament authorized by the sports governing bodies until 2033. Hmm. I know. Dang. Dang. That's shame on him. And then I got one other tennis thing real quick, and this is just because this is just absolute cool. And I'm actually gonna put this in one of the in in the part of the title for tonight's episode just because Okay. You know have you heard of super teams in in uh, the NBA? Yeah. You could possibly have a super team in the NFL. Yeah. Or Major League Baseball? Yeah. Can you have a super team in tennis? I don't hardly see how. <laughs> oh, dirty curdy. But, but. But. Yes. Four of the biggest names, and arguably, I think, the biggest names in men's professional tennis. Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Andy Murray. Yeah. You say those four guys together, even if you don't know shit about tennis, you always hear them in the headlines. Those four guys are going to play together for the first time for Team Europe at the Labor Cup in London. Wimbledon champion Djokovic was named as the fourth member of the six-man team Europe on Friday, with the 35-year-old Serb joining his longtime rivals at the fifth edition of the ATP-sanctioned event going down September 23rd through 25th. Uh, named after the Australian great Rod Laver, Lever, whatever, the three-day team event pits six of Europe's top players against six from the rest of the world. It's the only competition where you can play in a team environment with guys that you're normally competing against. Okay. So it's it's we're literally like for the first time ever. I think I can use the phrase a super team in tennis. <laughs> wow. Huh. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Team World Captain John McEnroe has named Felix Auger a something or another, Taylor <laughs> Fritz, and Diego Schwartzman as team members, as three members of his team. Um, they're going to be playing against John McEnroe? Uh, Did I read that right? Hang on. Well, he's got to be old enough to fart dust, doesn't he? Uh, hang on, let me read this here. Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, and Murray have basically dominated men's tennis for the last two decades, which is correct, about the last 20 years, winning 66 Grand Slam titles between them. Nadal holds a men's record of 22 Grand Slam titles with Djokovic, who played in the second edition of the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, they're playing against McEnroe. There ain't no way. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, come on now. Might as well bring Jimmy Connors out there too, golly. Oh, look at you throwback referencing. So you're on uh, Stephon, uh, what is it, Borg? So bring him back too. Bjorn Bjork? He, hey, Bjorn his, Borg, name, his name was in here somewhere. I just seen it in this article. I know I seen it. Sounds like to me a senior citizen uh, event. 
London's right. O2 Arena, which hosted the men's season-ending ATP Finals from 2009 to 2020, will stage the Cup with Team Europe, captained by Bjorn Borg. Okay, there you go. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> well, you, you imagine Macaro. I mean, remember how he was kind of short-tempered and everything. You imagine him being older now. He made swinging a tennis racket. He's the only man besides Jim Cornette. Shout out me getting a pro wrestling reference in. He's the only guy besides Jim Cornette that can make smashing a tennis racket look badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, you know, we tend to as humans get a little grumpy as we get older. You know. Yeah. Well, he was grumpy when he was back in the days. I can't imagine now. Holy crap! I love when we do these little mini episodes during the weeknight. We get on here for an hour, hour and a half, and we find a whole bunch of shit to laugh about. But we cover some <laughs> serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I got a little bit of San Francisco Giants on San Francisco Giants crime. Got a little squabble in the clubhouse. Uh Uh-oh. Not really a squabble. Uh, Giants pitcher Carlos Rodan. Rodan. uh, He came back into the dugout the other night uh, after a... uh, In the fifth inning... After the fifth inning, and what would eventually become a seven-three loss to the to the D-backs, he kicked a bat in the dugout that flew over and hit shortstop Estrada on the knee Tuesday. I seen the clip of it on ESPN. Oh, no. oh yeah, I mean, just kicked a bat and it just slammed into his knee, and the oh, no. teammates immediately rushed to uh, Estrada's side to check on him. Uh. The pitcher would later go on to say that his actions were unacceptable. I hit my teammate, the nicest teammate on the team, just a selfish action. It can't happen again, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't disciplined. However, manager Gabe Kepler immediately went to see if Estrada was okay and then proceeded to chew out uh, Roden. So he said, quote, uh, we're going to work on ways for him to be in control of his anger. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just slice his pocketbook if I do it. Okay, uh, I got a little bit of uh, history, a little bit of doom and gloom, and a whole lot of what the fuck. Okay. All wrapped up in this next segment. WTF. WTF. All right. Okay, and I don't even know how to talk this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it and talk it. Okay. So the the German government, which would be located in the country of Germany. Germany, yes. The German government let it be known Wednesday that it was willing to pay further compensation to the families of 11 Israeli athletes killed at the 1972 Summer Olympics in Munich by members of a Palestinian group. Family members of the athletes have criticized the proposed amount as, quote, insulting. Relatives of the athletes have long criticized how German authorities handled the attack and its aftermath. Demands for further compensation have threatened to overshadow a planned memorial event for the 50th anniversary of the massacre. Mm. Now, for those of you wondering what the fuck we're talking about, uh, some things in sports you just don't ever hear about. This is the first time today I ever heard about the attack in the 72 Olympics. You'd have been a year old. Yeah, I don't have any... I mean, even growing up... I never remember I, hearing about this in history, even growing up. So yeah, me neither. Uh, members of the Palestinian group, the 
Black September broke into the Olympic Village and took athletes from Israeli's national team hostage on September 5th, 1972. They did this with the goal of forcing the release of prisoners held by Israeli or Israel, excuse me, and two left-wing extremists that they had locked up sitting in West Germany jails. Okay. okay. Well, 11 Israelis and a West German police officer died during this attack, including during a botched rescue attempt. Well, then immediately after the attack, Germany made payments to the relatives of the victims to the amount of uh, 4.9 million marks, which is about 2 million euros. Uh, in 2002, the surviving relatives received another 3 million. A claim for compensation payments amounting to around 40 million marks has cited massive errors in the police operation, but it got dismissed because of the statute of limitations. Uh, a widow of, of uh, one of the guys in Israel, in Israel uh, told public broadcasters Tuesday that uh, Germany's current reparations were absolutely disgusting and degrading to the victim survivors. So. And uh, that's about that's about all I got. I mean, I got a couple other things we got to talk about, but as far well, I, I take it back. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about this. Didn't want to talk about okay. it because I didn't want to give her attention. But if I shit all over Kaepernick a few weeks ago, yeah, uh, I guess we should talk about some Brittany Griner news because something happened with Griner today. Okay. So as you know, since February, she's been sitting on her ass in a jail cell in Russia. Right. Right. This woman was also part of the uh, the the movement, you know, that all athletes or a lot of the athletes took after uh, Kaepernick took the knee. She would take the knee too. Uh, now she's wanting the U.S. to save her. But anyway, she's been sitting in a jail cell since Russia, uh, in Russia since February because she got popped with uh, THC, which I guess that's a no-no in Russia. I don't know. I didn't think yeah, I didn't think yeah, I didn't think Putin would give a shit about marijuana, but I could be wrong. Uh, Maybe marijuana is infecting uh, Putin's cocaine business in Russia. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he don't want any competition. Putin's a drug lord. You know he is. Yes. Uh, but the Biden administration came forward today with a proposal, uh, kind of a trade of some prisoners for uh, Griner and another jailed American. Uh, no word yet on if the proposal will be enough for Russia to release the two Americans or what uh, Russia would want in exchange, who they would want released. Uh, one of the... One of the um, Oh, how would I say? I guess one of the people that it's been rumored that Russia would want released is uh, Bout. Uh, I guess his, I just I can't find. It. I guess it's just his name's Bout. He was a a Russian arms dealer. They once called him the Merchant of Death, who was sentenced Damn. to twenty five years in prison about ten years ago on charges that he schemed to illegally sell millions of dollars in weapons in the United States. So. Uh, Griner's locked up. You know, a lot of people have come out talking about Griner. And, uh, you know, she is a hell of an athlete. Uh, I watched that uh, 2009, 2010, whatever it was. Uh, I watched that NCAA championship game between them and 
between Baylor, who Griner play, played for, and Notre Dame. That was one of the best basketball games I've ever watched in my life, and it was between two college uh, women's teams. Really? Gr- uh, Griner's a hell of an athlete. She oh, is. Uh, but I don't what know. Was this? When they played – Notre Dame played Baylor? Yeah. Had to I'm be like had to be like 2009, 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. For the championship, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the women's championship that year. Well, you know what? You know what, Kurt? Let me just pop in the old Google machine here. There you go. It was uh, Skylar Diggins was the standout for the Notre Dame women's team. Baylor versus Notre Dame women's. I'm typing one finger here. <laughs> it's hard to do. Hunt and peck, hunt and peck. Hunt and peck. That's my typing. You know. There you go, yeah. Oh, come on. Baylor versus Notre Dame women's. So you're saying it'd be worth me checking it out? You know, honestly, I, I still remember that game. That was one of the better call that was one of the better basketball games I had ever seen. Um what the hell year was that? I'm looking here. I just, uh, I, I just had a, an idea for a show, maybe. What's that? The but, Butler Bulldogs. The Butler Bull. That you know what that uh. It just came to me. I mean, that was a, a mid-major or whatever. That I don't even know if you could put him in his mid-major. You know. Uh, the parody is really getting. A lot of good teams. I just thought that might make a good episode. That was a pretty, a pretty good run they went on there a couple of years. Damn it! I cannot. You can't find it. No, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull it up this way. I can't remember the year. We're sitting here with dead air. I'm gonna look at. I'm fuck Kurt. You got me going. I'm gonna go. All right. So let's search for Brittany Griner. Uh, let's see, and I'll. Just check on her end because I know I can find it that way. I cannot remember the year. What the hell year was that? It was the women's. Uh, okay, NCAA, NCAA college what career. Uh, I want to say. It, go ahead. You think it'd pop up right away? You know? Well, yeah. Um. NCAA champion. I wouldn't mind checking the game out. I think uh it was twenty twelve, so I was off. I said I said oh nine, ten, eleven, it was actually twelve. They they beat Notre Dame eighty to sixty one. Um it don't sound like a good game. Well it, it, I it was it was competitive. I think it was. I think it the game the way I remember it, and I could be wrong. The way I remember it, it was closer than what the, the score. final score. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, just which happens quite a bit. Skylar Diggins was, uh, of course, you know Kim Mulkey was uh, coaching the Baylor Bears. Uh, man, that was that was a hell of a game. I remember it being a better game. Baylor, where is that? Waco, is that Texas. That's Waco, baby. It's in Texas? Uh-huh. Okay. That's Waco. All right. All right. I, I wasn't sure. 
And it would be what conference? Is it Big 12? Yeah, unless they're moving to the S, the SEC. By the way, we have – that's another episode we can do because yeah. this, this conference realignment shit is it's ridiculous. ridiculous. I just said we'll add two teams in the West Coast to the Big Ten or something. Yeah, uh, UCLA and U- – two the two biggest college campuses in the country – UCLA and USC. Now you think about this. These are California staples in Los Angeles, yeah. Southern California. Tell me what do they need to be doing playing in the Big Ten Conference? It don't make no sense uh, geographically. It don't make no sense literally. Literally, yes. I don't know. That's kind of odd. Uh, yeah, interesting. Huh? Yeah, I just don't. This whole realignment, like Texas is, uh, Texas is part of the SEC now. Uh, it's not even in the southeast. Which I don't well, get. Graphically, don't make sense. I like the way things were going. You know what's going to happen? This is going to keep going, and more schools are going to just, you know, get more money to go to another conference. Right. And this is going to effectively kill some of the smaller conferences. I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, is that the, what they're after? I don't know. That way. I don't get it. I do not get it. I don't understand. It, it's it's money. That's what. At the end of the day, yeah. what have we always said? Yes. Sports is a business. Yes. And it's sad that it's dealing with college athletes, but I mean, they don't give a shit. No, they don't. It's bad enough at the the top level, and everything. Yeah. It's starting to trickle back the other way in the colleges. I don't know. It can't be good. Money just, for the most part, is no good. You know it? It, Well, I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, it it opens so many opportunities for bad stuff. I just don't like, I just don't like it. Kurt, I just don't. Well, I'm there with you, bro. I don't like it neither. (laughs) So, um, I got something else I want to talk about, and uh, I've done something with the podcast, and I'm going to put this out here for all of our listeners. And uh, they, I want to preface this by saying that we don't expect our listeners to do any of this, but uh, I finally got us on a Patreon. You're like, what is a Patreon? Yeah. So Patreon is kind of like a, uh, in in essence. It's like a, uh, almost like a GoFundMe for content creators. What people do, like people that have podcasts and people that are musical artists and songwriters and YouTube content creators, that basically they they get some donations and support from their from their uh, fan base, and uh, they use that money to continue to put out content. And for the fans that contribute, they there there's rewards and and type things given out. So, uh, I did a little research. I've been doing a lot of analytics, looking at our our website with Podbean, and you know one of the things I've noticed is we're close enough now, or we're you know it won't it shouldn't be a whole lot longer. Hopefully, within the next month or two, that Podbean will probably reach out to us and say, "Hey, you've hit you know X number of downloads now. Let's talk about." Let's talk about modernizing your podcast and getting you a little bit of money, getting us a little bit of money. Uh, 
and so you know patreon's gonna you know one of the things that was looked at is that you know you guys should probably start looking at a patreon and i wasn't all about it because i wasn't really sure how to do it uh but i i started us a patreon uh for those of our listeners go to patreon.podbean.com forward slash stsb so um well, it's called a patron. Not this one's not an actual Patreon. It's patron. It's P A T R O N. Patron.podbean.com forward slash STB. This is uh this is Podbean's form of Patreon. It's just called Patron. So it's just basically crowdfunding. And uh I have set us up two goals that I would like us to match here coming. Oop, wrong t- wrong button. Let me and I'll explain those here for you guys. Okay. Um Let's let's see. Um, obviously, we have no download or no support yet because nobody knows about it. Right. All right. <laughs> He's like, right. <laughs> uh, let me click on the link. So, yeah, go to patreon.podbean.com forward slash STSB. And uh, basically, I've set a goal right now of about $150 for our first goal. And that's basically... Um, I need to edit it. That's basically for our meet and greet coming up with after two beers podcast, which, uh, uh, Dutch is, uh, they're, they're back from vacation. So I need to be reaching out to him to hopefully set up our collaboration coming up for next month. I've been thinking about that. I'm kind of excited about that. And, uh, basically that's going to help us cover just, uh, which we don't have to, but I was, I was struggling for ideas to put out for this thing and that'll help us out because we're going to have about right. a three or four hour drive and that's going to take right. a full that's going to take some gas right. so you know we set a goal of uh about 150 per month and as soon as we get it i'll shut that one down if we don't get it whatever but the more important goal we're set up is i set a 300 dollars goal for mic and headphones and basically what we're going to do is if we get enough listeners it's like you know what we're going to we're going to donate to their patreon here um right we're going to purchase two additional mics and headphones. That way I've got one for Doyle. And then we always have a backup one or if somebody wants to join in with us. Uh, And the rewards for that, I've set a tier price reward campaign. So for somebody that, for somebody that donates us anywhere from $1 to $5, you'll receive a personalized shout out on the show. Like, Hey, thanks a lot. Barack right. Obama for donating. I said, bro, where the hell did Barack Obama come from? <laughs> that was yeah. <laughs> thanks, Rex yeah. Chapman. You should if he'd be listening, would you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, second tier, if you donate anywhere from five dollars to twenty-five dollars, uh, you could potentially have a cold beer with the hosts. You could have a 30-minute call in to an episode we are recording on. You could call in for 30 minutes and chat chat with us. And uh, or we access to a bonus episode or bonus content, which I ain't figured out quite how to do that one yet, but we'll see what happens. Right. Tier three, these are for people that donate anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars. Uh shout outs on social media and over two consecutive episodes. Uh or we will let you pick the topic for the next episode we do. Ah, I like, I like that. And then yeah. our highest tier, tier four, is called our number one fan tier. 
and this is for anyone that donates fifty or more dollars per month. Uh, okay. We will. It's access to extra content. Again, I have to figure out how to do this extra content. Uh, what this means. What this. I'm completely new to this whole crowdfunding Patreon thing. So people out there listening, um, give me some time to figure this right. out a little bit because I handle all the business side of it. Kurt's just my research and my film watcher. Right. Actually, you don't even type the. Re- you just watch film and read an article. Yeah, I'm the one yeah. that types all the research. Yes, but anyways, uh, for our number one fan, which would be a fifty dollars a month donation or more, we'll give you access to extra content. We will do a live ad read at the beginning and again at the end of every episode for your small business, completely free of charge because you've already donated. And then the biggest one. For $50 or more donation a month, you will get to appear on an episode and record in person with us. Me and Kurt will come to your house. We will go wherever, and you will sit at the table with your own mic and headphones and record an episode with us, should that be of interest to you. Now, then again, I mean, people jump all over this shit if it was Joe Rogan. With us, right, right. you know, right. with us, I mean, let's be honest, call a spade a spade. At the end of the day, who the fuck are we? We're... You know, we're nobody, but uh, it's just something to think about. And uh, one of the other things I am planning on launching is uh, a similar crowdfunding thing, but it's a lot smaller scale, and I've got to do some research into it. I've seen a lot of other small-time podcasts doing it, and uh, I'll put more information out across our social media avenues, which is right now only Twitter and Facebook, but uh, it's it's called Buy Me a Coffee, where essentially it's just a $5 donation, like a like a Starbucks coffee, almost what you're paying for a Starbucks coffee. So, but yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Cool. But, uh, let me, uh, before you jump off here, let me go back and look at our, uh, one other thing on our podcast here. Uh, Oh, log me out bitches. Uh, again, that's patron dot podbean dot com forward slash S T S B. Podcast dashboard, and uh, because uh, our our Podbean hosting site, uh, I think they're based in London. Actually, I'm not sure. Wherever it is, it's already Thursday over there, so we're already looking at the Thursday, June 28th stats. So we have no downloads yet for June 28th. But uh, I want to look at our all time analytics here and be as transparent with everybody as we can. Uh, so from July 1st to July 28th, we've had 143 downloads. Our previous best record was 107 in June of 2021. Yesterday alone, we've had 35 downloads. Over the last 30 days, we've had 151 downloads. Over the last week, we've had 117 downloads, which puts our all-time record at 919 downloads. Right on. So... Uh, I'm looking at the analytics. It does not show me. Uh, let's see. It shows 39 downloads this month in the state of Indiana, three in Georgia, two in Texas, one in California, one in Massachusetts, and then there's 93 unknowns, which sometimes the analytics just don't pull for whatever reason. Podbean's got a better uh, deal with their tech side of things. Right. So I'd be interested to see what states – uh, those other 39 pull idea, from, you know. we are getting downloads in Russia and Austria as well this month, <laughs> uh, right. as well as two other world unknown locations. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, you ought to see the roller coaster just for this month. And like I said, it's just all happened. Uh, last week we had 21, then we went to four, then we went to five, then we went to 24 on Sunday, 20 on Monday, five Tuesday, and then today, Wednesday, come out with 35 freaking downloads. Really? And if I look, uh, let's see, uh, the most downloaded episode for the last 30 days for the last month has been Waco and the last 30 days, the Waco episode has been downloaded 18 times. Uh, our Super Bowl episodes been downloaded 10 and one of our weeknight episodes been downloaded 13. But uh, one other thing I know I keep rambling, but I think you like listening to the stats. Oh yeah. Uh, our, our most downloaded episodes. Now the 85 world series has been passed by one episode. Okay. So the, the 85 world series is our second most downloaded episode now at 40 and episode 12, which we recorded the day after my grandfather passed away, which was our first steel toes episodes. And I titled it death DMT pickums and more. That was when we listened to Joe Rogan talk about DMT. Yeah. That's got 41 downloads. So. Just, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's cool. Which basically says to me that I do, I hope and pray that this wasn't just a couple days outlier. I hope that this was uh, somebody turning somebody on, somebody turning somebody on again, somebody turning somebody on again, and it just keeps trending. Yes. Trending, yes. Uh, oh, and you'll get a kick out of this. One other thing. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Not Your Basic Dad on Twitter. He's at Not Your Basic Dad on Twitter. He's, he reached out, and uh, let, me, uh, let me pull it up real fast here, Kurt. Let me go to Twitter. Right on. Uh, let me switch over to our Twitter page. He sent me a message and uh, he said, I have a podcast I started with my son called Bullshitting with Padre. He said, I started it to make memories with my son, not to get famous. We just bullshit about whatever. I've listened to your podcast and I enjoy the sports and also the Waco. I support local Indiana peeps. Good luck in the future podcast. Keep having fun and sure bet. <laughs> He said, and sure bet. So, sure uh, bet. guys, go follow Not Your Basic Dad on Twitter. Go check out uh, Bullshit with Padre. I told him we'd give him a shout out in this episode. Right, right. right. absolutely. So, <laughs> you like that, huh? Yes, I do like that. Cool. So, uh, we we did get some feedback. Um, about our Super Bowl episode, by the way, which, man, we're tidying up a whole bunch of shit here. Uh, a buddy of mine started listening to the podcast, and uh, he, uh, did he, he said something about it. He said, I just listened to your latest episode. He said, uh, pretty good. He said, your intro was kind of crackly. I said, yeah, I had the phone a little too close to the mic when I recorded the, uh, the instrumental oh, beat, but, yeah. you know. Just right, adjust right. your volume when, you know, if this podcast takes off and you guys keep sharing it and we get a little monetization, maybe we'll have a professional intro done instead of one 
<laughs> half ass back curtain one like we have now, but yeah, but yeah, that's uh, I think that that about wraps it up, Puss. Uh, just be sure you guys to uh, check out After Two Beers podcast. Uh, Kurt, can I, can I talk to you about something real quick? Yeah. So you 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 know what we're what content we're gonna cover when we record with the After Two Beers crew, right? Right. Baseball cards and stuff, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So unless something changes, and Dutch, I know you're listening. Or well, you will be when you hear this. Not nobody's listening to us right now, but uh, um, unless something changes, we're gonna go up there and we're gonna meet with them, and we're gonna record with them, and we're gonna talk about sports cards and trading cards and baseball and stuff. Right. And then uh, I'm gonna set up my equipment, and they're gonna record an episode with us. And they have XLR mics like we do, so I don't have to worry about stuff if I don't have the equipment bought already. We can they can just plug in their headphones and their mics so we're good and then we'll just we'll record a shoot on our end like just whatever like i'll go up there at no prep work because who knows what we're going to talk about right but since this is going on i went digging for some of my old cards yeah and if you remember i said i only found half of them right then a couple days passed and then i sent you a picture of a box with like 600 of them i'm like hey found some yep so this got me thinking about some stuff and I've been looking at baseball cards and baseball memorabilia and signed baseballs. And didn't you think it was a little funny how yesterday morning when you woke up to go to work at 5 a.m. and I was still awake because I had been awake all day? Yeah. That you got a text from me asking, who's your yeah. all-time favorite hitter? Who's your all-time favorite player? Who's your all-time favorite yeah. pitcher? Yeah, yeah. I wonder where he's going with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't tell you, but there, it's going somewhere. Okay. Right on. Down the line, right. it's going somewhere. But uh, okay. I went today and just I had to get out of the office for a while. I went to the uh, the Trade Bakers Vendor Mall there in town, and I just started looking through old baseball cards. Yeah. And uh, I've got to go meet a guy, a, a good friend of mine, this weekend, uh, Saturday before I come to your house Saturday night, take a look at some baseball cards and basketball cards and all kinds of cards. And uh, so I, I'm thinking – I might have just rediscovered the the obsession that we all had as kids. We all collected baseball cards and basketball mm-hmm. cards. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking about it, and I'm looking right now. The card market's kind of hot. Really? Yeah. It could potentially, there could be some investing there. So then I decided I downloaded a uh, an app on my phone called Sports Card Investor where I started looking through some of the cards and you know essentially what we used to do back in the day when we'd go to the newsstand buy a card magazine and it'd have the listing of cards going back 20 30 years how much it had everything new and everything old it's right. essentially the same thing i started looking through uh and i moved my damn binder off the table but uh i got some old larry bird cards some old micro michael cooper cards i got some shit worth some money sitting in there so that's where the, the Cooper and the... Uh, yeah, that's where the... Uh, yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, what did I ask you? Michael Cooper or... Uh, dang it, I got my phone right here, puss. Hang on. I said Michael Cooper or Doc Rivers, and you said Michael yeah. Cooper, and I said, yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> did, you, did, cool. did you know that uh, Monday night I did an episode without you? Uh-uh. So I did an episode without you. 
Monday night right. just to talk about some. I did. It was kind of it was kind of an episode just like this. I talked a little bit of wrestling and talked some other stuff. Right. So. I'll tell you this real quick before we go. Uh, do you know what the highest selling baseball on eBay is going for right now? Throw a number yeah. at me. Uh, two million. Close. A million dollar baseball signed by Josh Gibson. Really? You know who Josh Gibson is? Um, yeah, I think so. They, I, mean, I don't know. They Maybe called not. him the Black Babe Ruth back in the day. Okay, yes. He yes, died yes, a couple yes. he died a few months before Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Okay. Satchel Page okay. said he was the greatest, most fearsome hitter he's ever seen. Okay, yes. There's not so, much memorabilia for, for Gibson out there, so there is an old, old, old baseball that's faded and tattered and it was it's been uh you know, it's certificate of authenticity, it's been verified. It's selling for a million dollars on eBay, the highest selling baseball right now. Wow. Damn. I, a scratch. I found a baseball that I thought about sending. I thought, it, God, it, there was two of them. I was like, I ought to get these for Kurt. One of them was an autographed Pete Rose ball from uh, some sort of get-together festival thing a couple of years ago where he said, I'm sorry I bet on baseball. It's what he signed on the ball. Pete ain't got to be sorry for that. And then, uh, well, well, we'll double back to that. And then the other thing was um, – it was uh, Kirk Gibson's one of the home run assigned ball, and it said, uh, I bleed Dodger blue. <laughs> and I can't think of the phrase, I bleed Dodger blue, without thinking of you, and now I'm wondering if that's where you got it from. Uh, I got it from Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda said that, I bleed Dodger hey, blue. Yes, yes. And I, don't, I don't know where it, where it was at or went, but I do remember him saying it. That's kind of where I got it from. Wow. Yep. Oh. This <laughs> All right, man. Well, Pete Rose. Yeah, going back to what you said real quick. Pete Rose ain't got to be sorry. He ain't got to be sorry for Jack, you know? I mean, come on. It's Charlie Hustle. He, yeah, he's Charlie Hustle. He's a great two-strike hitter. No <laughs> sure, but Dude, I just love that. I just love not your basic dad when he ended yeah. his message with, oh, yeah, and sure bet. Sure bet. <laughs> Shout out Adam Sweet because without him we would never have Sherbet. Sherbet. Sure right. Yep. All right, brother. Well, I will uh I will bid you a farewell. I will start editing this and then uh I'm looking forward to Saturday night. Want to talk a little uh 1990 World Series? Oh, I'm amped up about it. Did you watch the video I sent you? Uh no, I'll get to it. It is uh I love those old school MLB films where yeah. it does the World Series recap. Yeah. That was a damn good man. Rios was just uh, lights out. Did dude. you know Rio? Did you know this? The story about Rios's father-in-law. Mm-mm. He was like the scout or the pitching coach for Oakland. Really? So his so when they're there for game one, he's sitting there like like his, like his son-in-law is pitching against his team. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. But uh, okay, well, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Uh, World Series recaps seem to be our bread and butter, and I mean, I'm always down to baseball. Oh yeah, me too. But uh, all right, homie. Well, try to stay cool this week. Uh, I'll and I will see you Saturday night. Right on, brother. All right, see you, bro. Peace out.
All right, Kurt is clear. So for uh, we hope you guys enjoyed another weeknight mini episode here. This is uh, really starting to get more mileage out of the podcast. I honestly think us making this change in format uh, really changed things for us as, over the last couple months as far as downloads go. Um, more content's coming out. It's never a bad thing. But uh, anyways, this is where I bid you guys a farewell. Uh, for Kurt Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, Weeknight Chronicles episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards, and we will see you guys next week.